Well, if there is one question we see more than any other right now on social media, comment boards, emails coming in, questions I get asked, it's when can I get the coronavirus vaccine? It's what everybody wants to know. The Sangamon County Department of Public Health is trying its best to get that vaccine out to as many people as it can. But first, it has to get the doses. Well, there will be more doses available and more appointments available starting tomorrow for a small group of county residents. And to get more on that and how long it may take for others to have that opportunity, we're joined now by the County Public Health Director, Gail O'Neill, and the County's Medical Director, Dr. Vidya Sunderation. Thanks, as always, to both of you. We always appreciate your time. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Gail, I want to start with you because a couple of weeks ago, the county was uh, putting out a call uh, to the media asking us to help spread the word, saying, hey, we need healthcare workers to come in. We've got vaccine doses here. We've got slots we can't fill. We need people to, to come in and get and get the shots. Uh, that was just a couple of weeks ago. Now it's like everybody wants the shots, and now you don't have enough doses to, to be able to meet that demand for it. What's happened in these last couple of weeks, and, uh, and, and how did this all turn around? so quickly well at the at the beginning of the month um i put out that call i had gotten a call from my employees we were all staffed up and ready and i had gotten a call and they said gail you know what we only have 56 people scheduled for tomorrow and we're prepared for 290 we had 290 appointments and we only have 56 people to fill them and this was for sunday and this wasn't quite as bad on that saturday and i thought well this is you know have we tapped out all the 1a group and all the healthcare workers so um, I came into the office and we um, put out a call and said, uh, you know, call us. We've got appointments available. So at that point, we pretty much opened it up to 1B or a wide variety. And that was my decision to solve the problem for one day or two days, basically. Um, it did cause the confusion with everybody about, you know, some people going sooner than others. But I thought it was an important use of our resources not to let appointments go by and not get used. So the goal was the first responders, but after that, um, we had a wide mixture of people that, that got appointments at that time. And it was just for those two days, because we actually made the appointments by hand and, um, and called everyone. So that's kind of how that happened. There was um, some people that were able to make appointments online at the same time I was making appointments on the phone. So that's what how that came to be, but it was just a, a management decision to how to fill up appointments when we had staff here and vaccine here ready to use. And, and of course, those were the heady days of a couple of weeks ago when we all really thought or believed that vaccines w- would be coming in at a more rapid pace than it turns out they are. And in these last couple of weeks, we found that it's not coming in nearly as quickly as had been anticipated. But now you do have some more doses that have just come in. And so now you are opening up some additional appointments tomorrow, but for a pretty limited cohort. Right. We um, got 2,200 doses on Friday or yeah, last week. And we were trying to, um, I mean, the best thing about this is that the public wants the vaccine. And that's the best news that we could have because we want the sooner we can get everybody vaccinated, the better we'll be. Um, because we only had, uh, you know, the 2,200 doses and we had vaccine for the second um, doses of people that were first vaccinated already. Uh, we looked at the cohort and partially we'd heard complaints from um, the senior citizens as they were having difficulty understanding how to make the appointments um, and get that in. We, so we ended up actually looking at the population groups from the census and saw that if we had the group that was age 85 and over, there was about 4,000 people in that age group. 
Um, now, not all of them live at home, but that seemed like a manageable number that if we're half of them were home and we could get them vaccinated if they were out and about, that that was something that would certainly use up our 2,200 doses. So that's why we targeted, it, targeted them at this point. Um, so what we're doing tomorrow morning is opening up the phone lines and the appointments for those who are 85 and older. And, and what time tomorrow? Because people are obviously going to want to know that. They're going to want to know, uh, you know when they can start to log on and make those appointments. They can start at 8 o'clock 8 uh, in the morning, and they can, they can call our hotline and actually talk to a person who will help them um, make the appointments, um, or they can do it on the website. Um, we don't want people to panic. We're not going to open this to anybody else until we stop getting calls by the 85-year-olds, pretty much. So we imagine that in a few days they are anxiously waiting, um, and then, you know, if they don't get through all right away at 8 o'clock, not to panic, that there will be um, time to call again, and we'll we'll keep this open for a few days. We imagine it'll probably get, we'll know when they're done calling with this age group and make the next decision. Now, give us the phone number, and we'll repeat this again at the end, but give us the number that people will need to know. It's 217-321-2606. And they'll hear a message that says, um, it'll tell them that right now we're vaccinating this certain age group, people that already have appointments, those will be honored, and that they... um, should press one if they'd like to an appointment, and then they could press two if they have any other questions that are not appointment related at that point. So it's just a one and a two, and they'll get connected to a person. Uh, logistically, let me ask you because one of the things that we've seen periodically over the last couple of weeks is people who have been calling the health department trying to find out, okay, when can I get a shot? When will my uh, you know group be be eligible? And they say they're having a hard time getting through the the, the you know just are not getting answers or getting calls returned. How many calls are you able to field at a time? And are you going to be able to, you know, physically talk to people when they call in for appointments? Well, we believe we will. We've had, um, you know, quite a few people. We've doubled who we have on the hotline. And, you know, we could certainly adjust and do that more if necessary. The, um, you know, a lot of people are calling. They're figuring out how to call all the desks in the building. So they're leaving messages. And several of us have put messages on our phones that said, well, it'll be impossible to, don't, to call you back at this time. Please don't leave messages because we don't want people thinking they have appointments or they'll be getting a call back. The volume is just tremendous at this point. I want to bring Dr. Vidya Sundaration into this now. Uh, Doctor, from uh, your perspective on uh, the vaccine itself, and again, we're talking about the next group coming in age 85 and over. uh, Bring us up to speed on what we know about potential side effects from this and how might it impact uh, impact people in that age group getting a a vaccination uh, here in uh, in the coming days. Yeah, uh, so we have information about side effects um, for the Moderna group as well as uh, Pfizer vaccines, which have been administered so far uh, in the phase three trials. Um, And even from our experience, from uh, what we have seen here locally with the phase 1A uh, vaccine administration, uh, we haven't really seen any anaphylaxis per se, anaphylaxis being really severe allergic reactions where throat close up, et cetera, needing um, uh, emergency uh, visits to the ER or an EpiPen. So we've really not seen any of that. Um, even with the studies uh, that were published um, with the, uh, the vaccines in their phase three, uh, they had uh, something like 11 uh, incidents um, uh, that were reported per million. So uh, that's, that's a very low number of anaphylaxis or severe allergic reactions. 
what we have typically seen is uh, arm pain, arm swelling, some soreness at the injection site. Uh, we tell um, our uh, 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 people who've gotten vaccinated to ice uh, that area and take Tylenol uh, for pain. Try to avoid Tylenol before taking the vaccination um, or ibuprofen. That can kind of blunt the response a little bit, but uh, one does not have to be in pain if there's pain um, at the site of vaccination and arm pain. Absolutely go ahead and take uh, Tylenol or any of the painkillers. Um, and then uh, the other uh, uh, side effects we have uh, heard about are, are tiredness or malaise, fatigue. Uh, sometimes people planned for this. They uh, wanted to take the day off. Um, uh, and um, you know, not many people have really had uh, the need to stay off. Uh, but some people uh, feel tired. Um, and um, in fact, the day of the vaccination, they are not able to go back into work. Um, so that can last for about 48 hours as well. Headaches is another one that we have heard about. But uh, by far, uh, it's, it's fairly simple and nothing that cannot be controlled with uh, uh, medications like and, Tylenol. And not more pronounced for the older age groups, that 85 and over, no indication that they might be more susceptible to, uh, to, to side effects or, or have a, a worse reaction to it? In fact, for that age group, they did better. There, uh, with the second dose of the vaccines that they got, their numbers reported were lower as compared to the younger age group. Uh, Gail, I want to bring you back into this because, uh, again, as we noted, uh, the vaccine just isn't coming in as quickly as uh, it had been initially uh, indicated it would. Are you getting any sense yet as to when uh, that supply chain is going to pick up and when you're going to start to see uh, more doses come in and more ability to expand out the appointment process to, to other people? Yes, and we really don't have a good idea yet. I know that the state level depends on the federal government to get them the vaccine. So I think everybody's trying to uh, share as much information as they have. Um, so, yeah, we don't have an indication yet if our normal delivery once a week is going to be a, uh, at this level or higher. We hope it's higher, but um, just something that would be consistent would help us be able to um, efficiently serve everyone. So we don't know yet. And are you able to ensure that everyone who's gotten a first dose so far will be able to get their second dose when the time comes? Yes. Okay, so that's already accounted for in your entire stockpile. Yes, yes, it is. And I think it's one important point to note on this, based on uh, information we were given over the weekend, that uh, that handling it this way, you uh, you've really ensured that no no dose of this vaccine is is going to waste at all. That that every dose you've got is being utilized by someone. It is. We've been very fortunate and, and kind of planned for that. Um, so at toward, you know, three o'clock or so, we see if the last people are coming in. We try to be really stingy with the number of syringes they open up or vials they open up. Um, this Moderna vaccine comes in 10 dose vials, but often you can get 11. Not consistently, though, so you can't count on that. So we um, really try to see who's, who's coming. And then if we suddenly know that we're going to have three um, doses left, we've been working to... Um, make sure that those those vaccines go into arms. Now, you're, you're also working on some contingency plans because at this point we don't know uh, if it's going to be a consistent supply or if you might suddenly you know find yourself with doses that you weren't necessarily expecting. What are some of the things that you're trying to put in place so that if that should happen, you are able to utilize those doses quickly? 
Well, we've been making some arrangements. First, we worked with the first responders through our dispatch system because they have a way to reach out to those who, you know, police, fire, um, EMTs that might not have been vaccinated, and they, they're on duty and, and were able to just come over if they weren't in the middle of a call. So that helped us quite a bit. I believe most of them are vaccinated now. Um, we've talked to some other um, places and um, some of the other departments within our building. We thought to test, <laughs> if we're in a, in a a hurry, there's some that are um, qualified within our own building. We um, are reaching out. We've talked about teachers and schools, but they can't just drop everything and come within a few minutes. So we have some um, groups around that are in the high-risk groups, and we're just really starting to um, put some other plans in place for that. I don't know which ones they are right now at this point. Now, um, the... Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought on that for okay. a second. Um, the the, um, the going forward now, um, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I had a I had a, a whole <laughs> whole other thing I wanted to get into with you on. Oh, I, no, I'm sorry, I know what it is. Is the hospitals? Uh, you're also working to be able to get the hospitals involved in this as well. When might that happen, and what will it take to to make that a possibility? We talked about that as a group um, with the same five organizations of us that started out this COVID adventure together with getting the messages out um, about COVID and then testing. And then we've been talking about how best to utilize our resources all together and how many we could vaccinate if, if a vaccine was uh, plentiful. And each of uh, the hospitals, the SIU School of Medicine, Springfield Clinic, and us said, you know, we could get, you know, we could be ready to vaccinate each of us at least 300 people a day without a whole lot of trouble. And so, you know, then we're looking at three to 400 that we could do, you know, over 10,000 a week in, if a possibility. And so I sent a request up to, to the state said, oh, we've got a great coalition here and a working group. And uh, what do you think about what's the possibility that we could get over 10,000 doses a week? And my first response back was, well, we only get 60000 as a state, <laughs> so that didn't sound like we were going to be able um, to do that, but they know that we're interested and um, we'll take whatever vaccine we can get. Right now, they're, they're trying to disperse vaccine out. We hear that some places are getting them, like the Walgreens. We don't always know about that, but that's welcome in our community. Anybody that can provide vaccine is, is welcome. Um, so we're, we're still working on our, our group of five and seeing if there's some possibilities for some you know, pilot projects or something with the state. Um, so we're, we're hopeful. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because the, the state's got its portal up now, and one of the places that it lists as, as taking appointments for vaccinations is one of the Walgreens here in Springfield. Are, are different entities kind of working at cross-purposes with each other? If they get doses, that's doses you can't get, and, and is that uh, – I mean, I guess I'm just wondering, do, do you feel like there's a, a good coordinated plan in place, or has it kind of become everybody for themselves? Yeah, that's, that's a little frustrating for us because we would like to know, um, you know, where the vaccine's coming and who it's targeting so that, you know, maybe we could target some areas differently. It, would, it does seem that communication with that would be better for us as a community, um, just so that we know how to plan. Um, we were surprised to hear that, that Walgreens, we started getting calls, Walgreens is doing vaccines, you know, make an appointment. And then we're thinking, okay, if this happens, we need to know. If they've had an appointment on the books with us and they're going to be a no-show, that's a wasted spot. We've been really meticulous about trying to keep everything full. So a little more communication um, might be helpful. I know that the state has um, put out messages that they'd like to have all doctor's offices that want it to have vaccine to put out or a lot of pharmacies. And we had heard 
you know, some of the Walmart pharmacies were on a list at some point to be able to provide it. I mean, ultimately, that's good, and it may go like testing did in the beginning. You know, everybody had to go through us in the beginning. We knew what was going on in the community, and then that it, it got too big, actually, and um, so we weren't able to know everything, but the, the goal is the same. So we're, we're working a little bit in the dark. And finally, uh, I know other jurisdictions have done things differently. Some people are doing it as first come, first served, or they might have waiting lists and things. Have those ideas been considered here, and why have you opted not to go those routes? Well, we really didn't want um, people standing in lines, spending the night in cars, um, and to have people be oh so close to the front of the line and then be told there's no vaccine for them. Um, we don't, did not want to do that. We wanted every appointment to be assured that they could get a vaccine um, and, and to do it in a safe manner for us and for efficiency. Um, we haven't had people waiting. Um, a couple of the challenges were, you know, you have to put people 50, or six feet apart as they're waiting, and then you have to be able to watch them for 15 minutes. And so those two things we felt was important. I, I know the places that did the big massive drive-throughs um, did the same thing, and I'm sure they did it right. We just weren't comfortable with, um, you know, having to tell somebody that waited in line, or especially in this time of year, some of the older citizens and people sleeping in their cars. We just didn't want that to happen here. Dr. Sunderation, last question goes to you. I know you've talked about uh, where we have to get to uh, reach herd immunity. Uh, is there any sense as to how long it will take at the current pace to get there, and what do people need to remember in the meantime? Well, I'm going to say the same thing again. Uh, about 75% at least of our uh, uh, community needs to be vaccinated. Uh, I was just looking at our uh, website. Uh, the first doses have been given to about 11.1% of our population. The second dose has been given to 0.9%. So we have a long way to go. Um, and in the meanwhile, uh, wearing a mask, washing hands, and watching our distance, we need to consistently do this uh, because this is all a complete way of uh, trying to ensure that we are able to cut transmission and uh, get to the end of the pandemic as, as quickly as we can. Dr. Vidya Sundaration, Gail O'Neill, Sangamon County's Medical Director and Public Health Director, thank you both so much, as always, for the time. Please stay in touch. Obviously, a lot of interest out there on this issue of vaccinations. Appreciate it. Thank you.